It's time to drop the puck. Time for the Nightcap. Your home for news and insider info on your Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL. Let's hear from the goalie. Here's Lindsey Brown. Welcome to the Nightcap Podcast. My name is Lindsey Brown of CBS Sports Radio 1140 fame. At Lindsey Brown 35 on the Twitter machine. And obviously on that CBSSportsRadio.com website and Radio.com app. You can find all of our great Golden Knights hockey, NHL, and just regular old sports content all over the place. Just follow one of those feeds. And today we are I'm joined with another guest, Quiggy Quigs. State your name for the record. That's me, Ryan Quigley. Ooh. Or Quiggy Quigs. Whatever Quiggy you want to Quigs. Call it. Yeah. Quigs, what do you do? You know, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure what Where I do, Where are you from? Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from All the depths of hell, basically. Lucky. No, I'm <laughs> from uh, Richmond, Virginia. I uh, mm-hmm. moved out here not too long ago to cover the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far, it's been a little bit fun. And so know. who do you cover the Knights for again? SB Nation, Knights on Ice. If you don't follow Knights on Ice, you should definitely do that because you know what? I think we're number one. So, yeah, yeah. everybody needs to follow Nights on Ice. And what I'm planning to do with this podcast is that I want to talk to as many people as possible because everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a read on hockey. And I liked yours right off the bat. You and I have maybe spent, what, maybe a collective hour where it's like one hour. Not even, really, because I I think I met you on Saturday and then – Met up with you Saturday. after the game on Sunday. Yep, Saturday. And so very limited. But when I think someone knows how to talk really, and I noticed I didn't say talk hockey, but <laughs> I figured. Can this talk is, quite well. You show up in an Eagles hat, first yeah. of all. So there's already shots across the bow yeah. being fired the yeah. first time you're in here. And so thank you so much for coming in, for being part of the Nightcap podcast. I appreciate of you. Of course. You know what's funny? When you asked me where I'm from, you mm-hmm. were asking what side I'm from. Mm-hmm. But I just assumed you're asking what state the, all of it applies though but but that's the I thing. guess it does when you're a transplant which i i'm learning a lot of people in this town are <laughs> everyone's a everybody that's the assumptive question which yeah. i don't think is wrong because you can tell a lot by a person based off where they grew up yes you can that's right yeah. so before we delve deep into kind of the nights and stuff like that let's get to know you a little bit better it's just because you're from virginia no offense. That's not exactly a hockey hotbed. It's not a hockey hotbed. Really, it's it's kind of, I don't know. Virginia is the most okay place. Like, it's, All right. <laughs> it's basically, you know what it is? It's it's like, I don't know. It's like, who's the most okay team? It's like the, it's like the Minnesota Wild, but in state form. Just constantly middling. And, yeah, know, like it's like, there, but it's not doing, it's not going to be the tip of the spear, but it's not going to be the end yeah, of the spear. Yeah, no, not at all. So, so how do you how do you get involved with hockey being from Virginia though? Like where where what were you a fan of? How were you exposed? So all right, so grew up uh, seven years in upstate New York, and mm-hmm. so obviously like the Sabers are the thing up there. Yep, right. Well, and that's so, what they got in Buffalo. I know that's all they. I get. like Buffalo actually. I haven't been there. In, oh which really? Is, yeah, I can't believe it. Niagara like, Falls, great place. Casino on the other side, even better. I know. We're mm-hmm. from all right. We're from like two seconds from. Um, Buffalo, and we okay. never ended up going for some reason. All right, and so um, yeah, no, it's just like you know. So I, you got exposed there, Doc, yeah, because that, we they little, are they are crazy up yeah, there for we for pretty, the Sabers and for the Bills. Yeah, and I was there when Hashik was the goalie for the Sabers. So like the best. That was like oh, the dude, th- you know what I mean. Dude. So oh. um, I had a feeling you would yes, that, yes, the goaltending, goalie. yes, yeah. yes. But Dominic. um, so we moved out of Virginia, and honestly, I didn't give like 
uh, you know what at all about hockey until really you didn't give two f's i did not give not five even, f's not five not yeah five not f's. even that like yep i just didn't care about hockey until i think it was my freshman year of college and for some i think it was the year that I was always a huge Eagles fan. And so, like, when the Eagles are really, really bad. It's an unfortunate year, character flaw for you, but it's okay. You know we'll what? On. You know what? I mean. It's all right. We all have our faults. We do. You know? We do. Nobody's it's perfect. Not, no. We're going to work it as Especially Miley Cyrus Especially not you does. being a Vikings fan, but that's all right. All right. It's so. fine. We're, we're going to fight in the in the parking lot after this podcast it's is fine. done, but we're good. We're good. It's, it's going to be one of those hardcore matches. So, freshman year of college. What what la- what what right, roped so, you in? Well, see, that's the thing. So, like, the Eagles were bad, and so I was like, "All right, I'm gonna start watching another sport because I need mm-hmm. some something uplifting. You need and some so, positivity in your yeah, life." Yeah, yeah. yeah? And so okay. I picked the very wrong team to do that for, or to bring my spirits up. The Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. And so that year times. they were also not so good, but no. terrible um, jerseys too. They're okay. I'm sorry. The nameplates drive me nuts. And for those of you that aren't really familiar with hockey jersey, just like lingo, yeah. Uh, I apologize. If you have questions ever in terms of podcasts, Ryan, this applies to you as well. Yes. People DM, like, send me a message, be like, what does this mean? We can delve deep into it. I'm trying to figure out exactly where I am in this market and the terms that I use and yeah. making sure everybody understands where we're going. But the nameplates, so where the last names are on the back of the jersey, they they being the Philadelphia Flyers, mm. have decided, like, orange jersey, fine. White right. nameplates in the background. I'm like, no, 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 no. It just, White, yeah, I hate it. I will say, the first time I saw that, I was like, that looks odd. Because yes. it's just like most teams, you don't have, like, a completely different colored nameplate. Mm-hmm. Nameplate's the same color as a jersey. Correct. Like, I don't know. In the 70s, they didn't have that. And I don't even know if they had names on their jerseys. They didn't have jerseys. But, like, yeah, they just <laughs> ran around shirtless. In like, Philly, probably. And, like... Well, do you remember when they used to have the trousers? Yes. Back in like I think it was like the early eighties oh, or late seventies. There were there, the there, there are plenty of atrocious looks in the in the grand history of the NHL, but yeah. the Philadelphia Flyers are owners of plenty of I, those. I just I th- I don't know. I think their current uniforms are just they're beautiful. I really think okay. They are. Well, that's okay. It's they're better a, ones. It's all right looks, to have a wrong opinion, but we yeah. can move on from that. Yeah. So enough about the Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers. Enough about you, Ryan. Stop talking about you. It's not about you. I mean. You know, sometimes it's about me, but it's mostly about the Vegas Golden Knights, yeah. who did pull out a victory last night, they uh, did. three to two over the Los Angeles Kings in overtime. Marchy March roofs one down after a quick, just little descent into madness at the end of the third period there. But in terms of the game, who stuck out to you the most, good or bad, and st- and and clarify which one you're, which names you're taking, and why. I mean, if we're talking everyone on the team, mm-hmm. I have to say Mark Stone just because he's. He's just so good. Like, everything he does away from the puck, with the puck, we saw what he can do with the puck. Like, he mm-hmm. got the game-tying goal yep. on that. I guess I guess it was a breakaway. He had a guy coming up on him, but, yeah, yeah. it was a breakaway. So, um, so he scored the game-tying goal. And then just if you watch him when the puck isn't on his stick, he's constantly just – He's doing ruining the right everything th- for everyone He's else. doing like, the right thing. Yeah. And I hate the hockey cliches because they are thrown around and it's it drives me nuts as a player and it drives me nuts as a coach and I try not to use them. But I said this with Dasco earlier too about about Mark Stone. The guy does the right little things. He yes. does the little things of hockey and that's the stuff that adds up and that's what separates you as a player because everybody at the NHL level is really, really good at hockey. Yeah. Obviously. Yes. And these little things like Sidney Crosby's backhand, that's a big separating factor for him. Connor McDavid's yeah. transition speed, His, yeah, big separation crazy. point for him. Mark Stone is one of those guys that His stick in. is just always there. Yes. And just, 
in and, everyone's way at all. T- well, on the other team right. at all times. It's, it's always just, well placed when he's going defensively, yeah. where he always has a chance to make a play or disrupt what you're doing, and that's yeah. the biggest thing, especially when you're back checking or in that defensive zone. Is that it's not so much of getting that poke check or clearing the puck. It's just being disruptive just enough yeah. to throw you off of whatever you're trying to accomplish and then capitalizing on the opportunity to take advantage of that mistake yeah. and, and turn that puck right back up ice. And I, that's, for me, what is so great about Mark Stone, and I'm so glad that he's on this team that I'm going to be able to watch him extensively because I didn't a watch a ton year of, of Mark him. Stone. Right, because I didn't watch a lot of him in yeah. Ottawa. Because I don't. Cause they're I, bad. Yeah, no one well, wants to watch suck, that team. Yeah. First of all. And then second of all, like Western Wild were in the Western Conference, most of the teams that I – I'm not, I'm not really a fan of any team. I'm more fans yeah. of certain players and of jerseys. Yep. Yep. Um, and just in general, I'm like, oh, I like this team this year or not. But I'm typically Western Conference focused. So yeah. the, for him to be on this side and to be playing in the conference and in a division that I think is probably going to be the better of the two divisions uh, in terms of the Western Conference. Oh, yeah. Um, I think so. That – he's going to be playing against the biggest bo- – like the big boys who throw the weight around because – the Eastern Conference is kind of like a different type yeah, of hockey. Yeah, it really is. It it's really much is. more finesse. Like, like West Coast, it's it's. There's just as much. I mean, I'm break, completely unrelated, but like, it's like West Coast rap versus East Coast. Yeah, they're it's both like rap. Completely different. They both have merit, yeah. but sometimes they're going to come head to head, and yeah. one's going to come out on top based off of where the league is moving. Yeah. It and, might as well be. They might as well be their own genre. Right, like, and the Blues same. won the Stanley Cup last year, obviously, but the years before that, it had been three, four, five years straight of yep. Eastern Conference teams winning the Stanley Cup, and you've seen that kind of shift where teams are going smaller, mm-hmm. teams are emphasizing speed, and that's where the league is going to move. Yeah. But you had a little bit of a step back where, not a step back, I should just say, the Blues were a big physical team, and they bruised bodies around, and that's where they threw everybody out. They bent everyone to their will, and that's yes. what made them successful. That's not going to happen every year. It depends on how things shake out. And plus, there was just so much craziness with that team. Like, yeah. no one, I mean, who saw them going from being literally the worst team in the NHL right. in, what, January? Yeah, no, last like, place. there's last no place. reason that they should have done what they did. Right. But they did it. So, right. like, it's just like how the Golden Knights weren't supposed to go to the Stanley Cup. They weren't supposed to win a game their first year, you know right. what I mean? Everyone thought they were going to be so bad. Right. And then they go and do what they did. And so, like. Unbelievable. It's it's really the most unpredictable. So were you right. here during the first season then? I was not. I was only here for two games. Okay. And thank God one of the games was, to me, possibly the best game of that entire season. Knights at home versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Shea Theodore scores uh-huh. on a one-timer with, like, I think it was, like, 2.3 seconds to go in the right. game. And, and regulation. obviously, the Lightning only play here once a year because yeah. Eastern Conference crossover, everybody plays a home-and-home. Home. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was, that game was nuts. And so, um, I just remember going down, you know, the team was still new. Like, right. everything was still, everyone was still surprised that the Knights right. were good at that point. Yep. And so The fans um, and other teams. Oh, you know, yeah. It, and that's the biggest thing yeah. that led to the success is that they got off to a pretty good start, but then... Flurry goes down. Subban, they're able to hold serve. They were just as good. But they, they were scoring like crazy. And everybody's yeah. like, well, we're going to be fine. We're going to go into Vegas. And nobody knew how to come into the building yeah. and, or come into this city yeah. and really Like I remember succeed. Tortorella. Nobody, yeah, Tortorella, he like figured it out. stayed off the strip. Yeah. I can't remember where they yeah, stayed, but like somewhere far yeah, away. Yeah, he's like, we're going to go and stay in Mesquite. That's where we're going to stay. Yeah. That's where we're going to stay. We'll go stay like in St. George in Utah or yeah. something and like that. And it did not work. <laughs> do you think that's a legitimate thing, though? Do you, do you take the strip, like when they say like, oh, you know, there's good the hockey Vegas season. The Vegas flu. Yeah. That's what they call it, the Vegas yeah. flu. Yeah. Do you read into that? I don't know. 
Like, I feel like every team has its special little, I don't know, home ice advantage type thing. Right. Part of me does want to say that, like, if you're in town and you have, and you got a game or something, like, it's really hard to not do something. But I Vegas it up. Yeah. Yeah, in some way. At the same time, like, I mean, these are NHL players. Right. They're professionals. I feel like they understand, like, hey, I probably shouldn't do X, Y, Z because. Sure. Game tonight. Yeah. I mean, they, but the thing is, is that. They're, it's it's not a black and white thing. They're like, well, I probably shouldn't stay out till four in the morning just ripping shots at Omnia with Tiesto. Like they're they obviously know not to do that. But well, see, like, that's the thing you should. Yeah, they, they, that's that's how you play the game. That's how you. Sh- that's how we <laughs> should be 70s, partying in the seventies. Yes. I don't think there's a in the question. 70s, no, they're no, the seventies. Yeah. yeah, no, but <laughs> but I think it was different. It, I think that people sometimes they write off. They're like, well, they know not to do this. Yeah. Well, what does that mean though? Like. Does that mean they can't go to Top Golf? Does that mean they can't go play a regular round of golf, especially if they're from Canada? Yeah. Does that mean that they're not allowed to go eat at a couple of really nice restaurants, especially if they're here for yeah. more than 24 hours? I'm get like, I hate the simplistic excuses and answers that everybody gives each other, especially in hockey, because it's just, I feel like the sport isn't as open as it could be in yeah. terms of like media to player relations and player to fan. You just, I feel like there's a little bit tight to the vest right now. And I read into it a little bit because. When I visited here before I moved here, you know, three weeks ago, which it feels like 10 years. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, there is definitely a thing about being in Vegas, whether you're here on business or on vacation or if you're not trying to remember anything from the weekend or yeah. if you're trying to remember everything, if you're a drinker, if you're not. All this – there is something about being here. And we remember – NHL player, like these guys are young. There's some young dudes, like, and and guys yeah. are allowed to have lives. They are human beings first and foremost. Then they are hockey players. Yeah, during the off season, right? Uh, I mean, I can't imagine what they do during. The oh my god! Or like last year, I think the Oilers were playing down here, and that they had they were going into their bye, and it was Connor McDavid's like 21st birthday. I'm like, get this kid a handler, <laughs> get this kid a life jacket. I can't remember what Honestly. it was. Honestly, I can't remember what it was. I think it, it was last season. I think it was like December. I really don't remember. Whenever Connor McDavid's birthday is, yeah, they came to that's Vegas. What that's what I'm saying. That's what I just said. That's uh, what I was saying. Did you say McDavid? I thought Didn't you said Austin. Did I say McDavid or McDonald's because either, I, one honestly of, I didn't even whatever it was. We'll I have to have. check the tape, but that's where yeah, I was yeah. going. But yeah, no, <laughs> like, honestly, and it was his birthday, right? And so he goes out and he had to have gotten just completely distro- obliterated, right? That because they had the How week off you? too. Yeah, it's his twenty first. Everybody saw what the Vegas or what the Vegas, what the Washington <laughs> Capitals did here when oh they won the God, cup. Yeah. I'm sorry to bring it up, people. I really am. I am sorry. But it's a legendary. It's legendary, but that offer that edge. I think Vegas is one of the only only home ice arenas that really yeah. has a legitimate edge like that because there are so many distractions here. There are so many fun things to do here, especially when it's January and you're from Toronto or oh, from yeah. like New York, yeah. uh, from Buffalo. I'd be like, yeah, we're just gonna go to Vegas and chill in the hotel. Yeah. Get get our minds straight for the game. That's what we're <laughs> yeah. gonna be focusing. No, on. no, no, no. Yeah, like, no. All right, well, here's one thing I will say. During that game after the uh, Tampa Vegas game yep. last from the inaugural season. I went down to the locker room and I went up to Stamkos and I asked him, oh, I was like, Steven. I was like, man, this, there's something about this building. There's something about this, you know, playing in Vegas that's yep. really hard. What makes it such a tough place, place to play basically. And he, he said it without saying it, but he, I feel like he insinuated. Like, he wears a C. Yeah. He insinuated. He's the, he's the captain of the team. We went, you know, 
it's a pretty interesting city. There's a lot to do here. Yeah. I feel like he, this is not confirmed, but I feel like that was him saying, yeah, we got right. a little drunk last night. Right. Like, and it's everybody's it first happens. time through or first few times through, especially yeah. for, they only visit here once a year. Yeah. And so there's a definite thing. And the thing that I noticed, because I went to my very first Golden Knights game on Sunday, I believe. That was Sunday, their home game. Yeah. yeah. And how how did you like the, your first game in, in T-Mobile? This, this is hard. And that was, only, that was only preseason, too. So that, keep that the, in mind. Yeah. And this is the thing. And this is why I want to talk to you. Because I want this. I want the podcast. I want to be able to talk about players and talk about how they're playing, too. But I want to. I care about all the other stuff as well. I try yeah. to create something that's you're at a bar talking about around hockey. That's yeah. where that's what we're doing. This place, and I, I'm I'm from Minnesota. You guys who have listened to this podcast earlier or are following me on Twitter know that I'm from Minnesota, and as you can tell by my accent, um, we call ourselves a state of hockey. We yeah. we have proclaimed that. Uh, I don't know if we've earned it, and or <laughs> I or, 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 or I should I shouldn't say we haven't earned, we've earned it, but we haven't earned the right to keep it uh, yeah. as of late. And I thought I've seen some crazy atmospheres, like. I've been to some pretty big games at different levels, at the NHL level, at the college level, at playing in games myself, which obviously we, I didn't draw as many fans as the Golden Knights yeah, do for yeah. their games and our preseason games. But it was sold out for the first preseason game in the third season. And, they're play- and this is where the kicker is for me, Ryan. Against Arizona, yeah, uh, Arizona. Like, if if it was the Sharks, oh, if it was the you kid, wait until like, the Sharks come to preseason. No, I cannot fathom <laughs> this because I've never, I haven't been a part of an electric hockey atmosphere yeah. like that in a very long time, it's and it nuts. transpired in the preseason, yeah. the first one, and Truly, there's five or six main guys playing. Yeah, and Patch get, Patches Patch already gets. A, a hat trick in that game. I was worried like, at first about him because I'm like, okay, dude, you need to chill. Like, I don't. Yeah. You're clearly you're healthy. Like, I'm not sure you yeah. were completely. You're healthy like, it's last not season. game seven right now. We, call, we call those players game seven players. You're I know. Like, it's balls to the wall every practice. We had. I've played with so many people like that where yeah. they would just their pass. It was a shot. Like yeah. here, I'll pass this D to D over across the zone. It would yeah. be like it's as hard of a shot. Like that's that's what it is. Exactly. Where people yeah. are just a little bit too too prepared for the game. Like patches, dude. Just Simmon glide. Down. Just glide for yeah. the rest of the game. Simmon That's all down. you have to do. Yeah. Don't even touch anybody. Stop Don't look at anyone. Yeah. Don't touch anyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. He, he, there, he really. played. But the, the thing is, too, and I think what I noticed when I came and visited here in April when I was talking um, with CBS about coming down here. Yeah. And I was able to go around the pavilion for the, uh, for the first round matchup of the Sharks. So... This is obviously before. Wait, were you at the game? No, I was outside of oh, the game. Oh, okay. I was okay. outside of the yep, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I'm, I'm a millennial, so there's no chance I can afford tickets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was just oh, kind of goodness. just, you know, going around and seeing it. And I'm just seeing the this sea of people. Everybody's decked in a $250 jersey. Yeah. There's a DJ. It is warm-ups. And they're like, and now on the ice for the Vegas Gold Knights for warm-ups, Nate Schmidt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, what is happening? It's crazy. And that's that's what sold me. Yeah. And that's what sells this franchise to, I think, other people in other markets and why this works so well. Because it was such a magical first year that there were so many different factors that mm-hmm. went into that run. Yeah. And that the city not only adopted that team, they became just as much part of the team as the players yeah. did. And I think that's where the separation is for me because in Minnesota, everybody everybody's a hockey expert, yeah. which is fun sometimes, but for the most part, it's not because the team 
like fan, at least the people that I hang out with or the way I view it, it's it's so hard when the team is a not good yeah. or b not really friendly, not being super good with outreach, not being the players aren't as likable. Yeah, we were and, talking and, about this right. the other day. Mm-hmm. Right, what was it after Galan's presser or something? Yeah, I think it was. yeah, I think so. Like the Minnesota Wild, there's like you would think that they would be all over this team and everything. They their Twitter is just so boring and like they don't do fun stuff it's just it's just hockey elitism that's and that's and that's the thing that plagues this sport which is annoying and why vegas is special because and why i want to be here because everyone there there are people that never watched a game of hockey in their life before the vegas knights got here and they are the most diehard fans i have ever seen i'm like you know what let's take a let's just for a second take off our hockey elitist cap because we have a tendency as hockey players or hockey fans that have been around the sport for a while be like our sport is the best. It is great. Come watch. Come watch. Come watch. Don't watch the basketball playoffs. Come here. Come here. And we want everybody to come in. But the minute people actually start coming in and they're not as familiar and they're like, oh, well, this is dumb. Or they have an opinion. We're like, you don't know what you're talking about. Get out of here. Get out of here. And then it's just yeah. like, please like our sport. And yes. then all of a sudden we get tweets like like the think different tweet that the NHL yeah. put out recently. Oh, God. With, well, what was it? Who was it? It was uh, uh, Nylander. William yeah. Nylander on the media. And the whole thing. Like they they literally got cyberbullied into into deleting the tweet, and it's just like usually you- when you create when memes are created, they're created with the with the thought and the actual the- knowledge that you're making a meme. Yeah. Like it, it, that's when the, it's <laughs> they the worst. Literally did it by accident. It's like after the uh, the women's national team won the World Cup, and then was it like Bleacher Report or something tweeted out that big photo of like all the American like yeah, the most American and, like- and random athletes and like weird people and, and then like stuff. the friends cast is in there yeah. like what is this <laughs> like you're like who put that and then they delete it so you're like that's even worse i know like, you gotta keep it, it. up you when you put up to. a tweet like that yeah. you gotta stick it out right i put up some bad tweets in my day oh lots of bad we tweets. all have there a lot of people are getting in trouble for i can't it. delete them no i can't no delete them. no like I mean, everybody, you know. everybody makes mistakes. Now, some not all mistakes are created equal. But when yeah. it comes to like tweeting out stuff and be that's that's what the NHL did first and did the best. Yeah. And specifically the Kings about mm, six, seven years ago. They're the ones that really started to get the snarky on the Twitter. Yeah, they were. They really and were. They, they were honestly sassy. Everyone else does it now, and not just in the hockey yeah. community. Everyone, all these McChicken battles, all that crap, <laughs> that stuff started in the NHL. But the yeah. thing is, nobody knows that because the NHL doesn't know how, half of the good stuff that they yeah. do have. Because their marketing isn't good. No, they don't the NHL's, market the game. Yeah, it's, they don't market awful. the teams it's or the awful. players the way they should. And I, there are so many issues that I have with NHL and other sports leagues as yeah. – the Antonio Brown news breaks like an hour and a half ago. Crazy. And I'm like, uh. But How did it even get this far, the Antonio Brown thing? People just make decisions and then they – or they don't make certain decisions and then they wonder why it I, – I guess I'll say this. When people tell you who they are yeah. or show you who they are, you believe them. That's it. That's all you got to do. Yeah. That's all you got to do. He uh, – but we won't get down. Yeah, we, we don't, don't want to go down that road. Any, I don't want to get to it. Let's AP, go. But. Let's go a little bit of deep dive since we've kind of just been swimming around in the hockey soup right yeah. now. Other than, how do you feel about Cody Glass? How do you feel about his chances of making this roster? Because there is an expectation for him to take a step, yeah. and I don't know what 
there there are different qualifications that people are giving to me where some people are expecting him to be a second first liner yeah, yeah, and yeah. other people are saying well he's going to crack the roster and other people are saying well I think he should be down in Chicago with the, with the AHL team where are you on Cody Glass All right so he came out I, can't, I think it was like a couple weeks ago and he basically said like yeah if I don't make the team I'm going to be like super bummed like mm-hmm. re- he's basically said it's NHL or bust for me so. Right. and so like I don't know to me I feel like I was really on the let give glass a roster spot bandwagon mm-hmm. like i was very hard on that and right after i don't know his over the last couple of games that i've seen from him i wasn't blown away whatsoever i will say this the game last night i thought he played even though he didn't score any goals or do anything crazy you know anything like that i did see enough from him to make me think like okay he's getting better right like, but who's he on a line who is he playing with exactly mm-hmm. so like it makes me want. That's what's tough about players, though, with guys yeah. that are just making because there's a very fine line when you're bringing guys up who are just on the cusp. Because some guys, you, you want the players to dominate at the level that's if they're good, that means they should be dominating the yeah. play that they're at, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to take it with a grain of salt if he plays really well when he happens to be with two of the top guys on the on the big squad. Yeah, and that's the thing is like some guys are able to take that pressure and take that opportunity and put it into overdrive in their game where they could be meddling kind of in the AHL level, but they go to the NHL. Now that they're in the show, all of a sudden it's like a 50% jump where you're like, holy crap, he's playing really, really well. Yeah. Versus some guys, it's the direct opposite. If they're if they're put with the big guys too soon, they wilter. And it's all about that confidence. So do you, what's your read on Cody well, with that? I, I will say this. he was He's a natural center. He was playing on the wing. Mm-hmm. So maybe that had something to do with him not being as good as mm-hmm. we thought he would be last night. The other night he was playing center and he was not good at all. So, like, you know, there's a whole lot of things right. to take into account there. But I, I, based off of what I'm, see, I'm seeing from him this preseason, I don't think, I thought he would be ready. I don't think he's ready yet. I think he's, I think he should start the season in the AHL with Chicago and then, if he did something similar to what Alex Tuck did, people might remember, not, you know, beginning of the uh, inaugural season, Tuck was down in the AHL. He was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And he played just so damn well that they were like, okay, we need to bring him up, like, right now and yeah. give him yeah. top, yeah. Uh, I think, six minutes? I can't remember if he yeah. started in the top six or not. But. He made them yeah. play him yes. because they, he, they could not make the decision otherwise. Yeah. And that's what I haven't seen from Glass through camp Not yet. At all, no. I haven't seen it in any of the preseason games. I think he's a very good player. I think he has a very bright future he's going in this to be league. Good. Yeah, I think he will be. And I think but where, right now, I don't think he's there quite yet. No. And he's still young. He's 20 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the big thing is, too, that I always forget when uh, when comparing with Alex Tuck is that Alex Tuck entered the NHL as a full grown ma- man. Like, <laughs> yeah. this guy is big. He's, he's tall. Six four. I think and he's, he's like, like 220. Yeah. Or something and like, like that. the stereotypical where. Sure, if you're 26, 27, everybody's like that. But yeah, when you're yeah. 20, 21, most guys aren't like that. And that's where I'm on Wikipedia right now, and it's probably not the most accurate. But uh, Cody Glass is listed as 6'2", 178, 180. So, he has, so Tuck has 40 pounds on him. And granted, small guys can make it in this league. Look, Martin mm. San Louis existed not that long ago. A lot of the guys that are entering, Johnny Gaudreau rips people apart on the regular who's about that. But those are those smaller players do have a tougher time in the NHL, especially in the Western Conference, because you get guys that have 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds on them. And it's not so much about getting hit, but it's about when they're trying to go in on a rush and that 
even just a bump. Yeah. That that's that's what physics is. That's yeah. the that's <laughs> exactly. what it is. Yeah. And if they're not confident in their game or confident in their play, they're going to take those little paper cuts where they're not losing a battle but they're not winning it either. Yeah. That's what eats away at those players and that could really stagnate their development and I don't think that's happening to Cody Glass by any Well, that's the thing. That's chance, what I but... always look at with players who like Oh, is he big enough yet? Is he strong yeah. enough for the NHL? I always look at how they do in the bo- against the boards and board or, uh, yep. puck battles, and he didn't look right dominant or right. anything like that. You want young players, like if to, as a signal to say, like, "Hey, I'm ready to play significant minutes in the NHL." Right. You want them to be very, very good in those right. Puck they need to be games. at least. This is this is to be bad, but not bad. But fifty yeah. fifty battles. That's a, that's a term that we always use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need to be winning fifty percent of the fifty fifty battles yes, at, at least. least at, at least, least yeah. to be considered. It's an obvious thing, but it's really not when you think yeah. about it because fifty fifty battles are such a toss up, and that's why they're fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. But they're hockey's weird because you can obviously impose your will on the puck, but at the same time, the puck kind of does what the puck wants yeah. to do. And so those fifty fifty battles sometimes, if you lose them, it might might not be because you lost your one-on-one with your guy, just something weird happens. But I haven't seen him take ownership of the puck or his situation. I'm not saying he's playing badly. I'm just saying that he isn't impressing. He isn't he's not, standing he's out not. for me yet. Like, that's the thing for me. Like, And I think I tweeted this out. I think, I don't know, maybe it was the Sunday game or something like yeah. that. He just, nothing was wowing me right. at all. And again, this is not to say that he's going to be bad or anything he's like that. 20 years he's old going, and he's holding his own but he's not impressing. i think That's he's good. going to be good yep but i wasn't wowed last night there were a couple moments where i was like okay yep all right like for example power play yep do you remember that cross ice feed he made to uh, jimmy schultz for the one yes timer? i do hit the post that should have been a goal yes it, yep and that would have been a beautiful assist for him yep absolutely to me that it, i mean it looks great it doesn't show up on the stats sheet what I mean that sucks, right? But, I mean, but that, but that's it. the thing. He has the vision. Yeah, he does. He has the smarts the, are there. He has the understanding. Yeah, and, that, and you cannot. You can help vision, but you can't always teach it. It depends on the player. But for the most part, people are just born with this, or they yeah. they get it as they grow up. They develop that based off of, you know, where they're playing, who they're playing with, their coaching, all this other stuff. And he has that, and so that's the good thing. The hard part is already kind of taken care of. He just has to put on weight. He has to get some more experience. He has to get some more confidence in his game where it's instead of him being excited to be in camp and kind of having that, well, if I don't make the team, I'm going to be really bombed. Well, why don't you change that wording if you're saying, I have a full expectation of making this team. Yeah. Because I'm a huge person that believes in I speak things into existence, and that includes short-term goals and long-term goals. Like, I knew that I was moving to Las Vegas for a long time before I let anybody, because things have to come to fruition. Yeah. But the more that you say it and the more th- more times you say it about yourself, you fake it till you make it. That's what my college coach always told me. That was her best piece of advice that she already, all, that she gave is that you fake it until you make it because yeah. you can convince yourself of things, including about yourself. That's pretty much what happened with me moving out here. Like, yeah. I, was, I was stuck in Virginia. Yep. There's no hockey in Virginia. And nope. I'm like, I know what I want to do. I want to do sports, you know, right. sports media, stuff yeah. like that. And I was like, the only way to do it is if I move somewhere else. Yep. And I was covering Golden Knights from, you know, East Coast right. and everything. I was staying up until like 2 a.m. Yep. watching these these games. Yep. And I was like, you know what? Like, I've been to a couple games already because I had come out here. Um, Danny Webster from NHL.com, also Knights on Ice, he kind of he hooked me up with a couple press passes and everything. Yeah. And um, so I go to the games. I'm like, man, I can do this. Like, yeah. I just got to 
move out to Vegas. And That's so it. I just you just uh, have to take a big jump by moving across the country, and then yeah. you have to realize that you're moving to probably the most irresponsible on paper city in America. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah. I, which I'm sure it's hard to convince people. And I had that. I had trouble when people were like, I get why why you want to move yeah, to yeah, Vegas yeah. because this place is literally built for my lifestyle. I'm like, yeah. I can golf in January. There's an EDM scene and yeah. there's casinos. I'm like, great. Yeah. But that's the thing is like I. I don't run from things like that. I'm like, I want the casinos in my face every day, so I have to consciously make that decision to say, no, you're not going. Yeah. or And constantly being uncomfortable, being reminded. And that's what you got to do, at least for me. What's funny about this city for me is I'm, like, so not Las Vegas whatsoever. Really? I'm like, so, As I'm you the, wear flannel. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not, <laughs> not wrong there. Vegas and maybe whatsoever. there's a lot of people that wear ve- flannel in Vegas, but I haven't seen it yet. No, I, I haven't like, been here long enough to, to overcome the stereotypes. Is flannel a big Minnesota thing? I feel like it is. Flannels? Yeah. Oh, I feel yeah. like that's a huge Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pumpkin spice lattes and stuff. You don't think Minnesota does fall really well? Listen. All right. Oh, my God. So we don't have the fall weather here. No. But they do do fall. Yeah. Quite well here, that's, I feel like. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I'll go pumpkin patch picking. I don't care. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, you got to go pumpkin. All right. So Cody Glass is good. What do you think about the way they, they being the Vegas Golden Knights, are managing Marc-Andre Fleury thus far? In terms of playing, because we haven't seen him in any Last preseason. Last season was, was, it was concerning to me because at one point, I think he was on pace to start over like 70 games. And that's not good. Which is uh, rather bad. We don't want actually. that. And that's not the way the, la- the league is no. moving. The league is moving towards tandem It's not tenor. the 90s anymore. No. This is not Martin Brodeur. No. Like Martin Brodeur, I'm pretty sure. And Marc-Andre Fleury is not Mar- Martin Brodeur either. He, no, he's not. Mark he's Andre great. Fleury is a great goalie. Fantastic. Mar- Hall I of Famer. Fleury. Hall of Famer. Yes. He is. But he's not Marty Brodeur. Brodeur was something else. Yep. He's literally an alien. Yep. Like there's, yep. he was Him. A, yep. a machine built to play hockey. Yep. And Marc so, Andre Fleury is a human. He need at this age, he's going to turn thirty five, and I believe November. Yeah, he needs time to rest. Like we have to. Like I don't know. I know they always talk about Malcolm Subban and how they trust him and everything, mm-hmm. and they just haven't found a way to get him in there because whenever Fleury wants to play, he gives them the best chance to win. This thing right. and the other. You have to at some point. Uh, listen, I get it. Fleury's a competitor. Yep. I know he wants to play. He, he would play every game, I bet, if he absolutely if he had. If the, you're, this. I don't want to say it, you're not, you're not competing if you're not like that because I yeah. don't think that's the no, only no, way no, to no. do it. But goal, there's a certain mindset with goalies yeah. where you want to be because you want to battle. I mean, you want to be that mm-hmm. battler, and that means playing a lot of games. And yeah. I think people forget too is that goalies usually don't really break into the NHL until their mid-20s because they have to, A, grow. Bennington, how old is he, 25? That's what I'm saying. But that's the thing is that when these guys are growing, and as someone who went through a growth spurt, as most of us do, it, once we hit puberty, you, there's a there's a way you play before you hit puberty, and then there's a way after. Because yeah. when you stretch out, then you have to. It's kind of when you're playing goalie, it's kind of like your big bird on stilts. It's yeah. weird because it's, you're like, there's extra there's extra limb here, and I don't yeah, know yeah. how to. Everything's off. Just think about like if you taped a yardstick, and even if it was a two inches longer, everything you do is different. And now you're trying to stop a puck and stay controlled, yeah. and all of this other stuff. And Flurry's been playing regular starter NHL minutes since he was 18 years old, and that is rare. Yeah. Carey Price did it. There's not that many others that are as good as he has been or as good as Carey Price has been. Yeah. 
that have been in that have been playing from day one. So that is a lot of miles on his legs. Well, you know what? It's the same thing with defensemen about the whole growth spurt thing. Yes. Like you look at bigger defensemen, it normally takes them until like their, I don't know, their their early twenties to right. maybe even mid twenties to come right. into the NHL. Everything's kind of slow motion. It feels yeah. weird. Forwards, like you got well, Johnny they got Goudreau horse blinders in. on. They don't know what's I know. going on. Like, They're you just puck, five puck, foot puck, nine puck, guys. Puck, 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 yeah. puck, 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 puck. They have it. five foot nine guys yeah. like Johnny Goudreau, like little guys coming yeah. in at, at 18, 19, 20 years old, and they're playing well. Right. Like, because they know their body and they know their game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And defensemen and goalies, a little bit different. Yes. And by little bit, I mean, completely. But a it's lot fine. different. Yeah. yeah. So, might as well be playing a different sport sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So, like, I think, I think Malcolm Subban needs to play. A lot. I know. Fans. What's the ratio though? Like, how, what's the sweet spot for you? For what? What is an acceptable number of games that you would like him to start? I don't want Flurry playing more than fifty-two games. Okay. I think there needs to be. So a, that means it would be 52, 30, 52 if 30. if we were keeping it yeah. co- like kosher in that way. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I I hundred percent agree because the miles, the mental fatigue, yeah. the I, I believe he had a, he had another kid last year, so that weighed in yeah. on it, it as well. You have to sustain these guys, and you cannot be using them that unless it is an absolute dire situation like one that the Minnesota Wild usually finds themselves in of getting into the playoffs where they're like, we have to win all, like 80% of our games to get in the playoffs yeah. now because we've been so bad. But even still, if you want success in the playoffs, you have to pay it forward. You have to take some of and you that means giving Malcolm Subban. Hell, giving some of these young Dansk, give Sparks a couple yeah. games here and there. But you have to use these goalies differently because we we didn't have all this science crap before. We didn't understand the human body as well as we did even five years ago. Oh no. And that as these guys continue to age, especially with goaltenders, especially with the with the style that Flurry plays where He's not a Jonathan Quick in terms of like a complete tornado, but he's not controlled. He's not like uh, he, he he has extra movements. He's very poppy when he plays. He's very shifty. He's yeah. quick, and that's what makes him so great at what mm-hmm. he does. But that comes back around, and he's at the age where bills are starting to be due on yeah. his body. And you need and if you want to be have him be a good contributing member of this team this season next season for the rest of his contract. Mm-hmm. You need to start doing that now, like you said. Is it such a coincidence that in the inaugural season, he only played 46 games, and then they went on to what? make a deep, deep, deep playoff say. run and go to the Stanley Except Cup Except that final? was an involuntary. Involuntary. Because obviously he got involuntary, hurt. But, that, but still. You're not wrong. You're still. not. That's ex- But that's that's that proves what we're trying to say. Because even if it is an injury, and some people are like, well, he has to get worked back up. It depends on yeah. what the injury is. Like yes, he had yeah. a concussion. Like that's a, it's a different thing. And those should not be taken lightly either. So no, no, As no, someone no. who had four, it's it, it's not fun when you're out, and it's definitely not fun years removed. I already have some things where I'm like, that's worse than it was before. That's an issue, and keeping keeping an eye on things. But for that's you're absolutely right. He it's, plays half the game, not not half the games, but he plays little over half the season yeah. worth of games. And then and then the playoffs and come and he's god mode in the he's, playoffs. He's it's never like, played like that in the playoffs. I don't care if even when he won cups in Pittsburgh, obviously yeah. the the, uh, the last two he wasn't as big of a part of uh, as he was in the first first one that he won in, uh, against the Red Wings and I believe 09. Yeah, 09. And when he made the save. He made the save, the which is save. which is still one of the coolest shoulder saves of all yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> and then oh, yeah. all right, real quick about that save. I don't know if you saw it 
But I believe it was uh, inaugural season, and it was his first game at in Vegas against the Penguins. Yep. He makes a save. Honest to God, like identical to that. Oh, ball. God. I'll have to, I'll have to just, go back and watch it. it. Was I, I'm, I'm it was really sure. Cool. But that was until he got here to Vegas and until Matt Murray really came into the he picture. He did struggle in, Pittsburgh, in the playoffs. He, no, he sucked. No offense, Mark. You had a couple <laughs> of years where it was real rough. Yeah. And he would he would tell you the same thing. He probably wouldn't say, I suck. Yeah. But he was not at the top of his game. And I don't remember really what went on during those seasons. This is a while ago. There was probably some usage issues. But he was one of those goalies that a lot of people were like, is he going to be one of the good? Not that he wasn't good, but is he going to be special? Yeah. Because when you're taken first overall as a goaltender, usually means you're pretty darn special. Yeah. It's it's very special for goaltenders to be selected He's in the, the first last round. One, and that was yes. 2003. Yep. Yep. I don't know if we're ever like. When are we going to see that? I, I thought I thought Carter Hart was maybe going to go top ten, and then he didn't. And I was shocked. What was he second round? No, he was. He went twelfth. He went or he went right after the Wild because I wanted the Wild to take him, um, and then he went. He's in. He got taken by Florida because Joel Quenville. Carter Hart. Right. He's on. He's on the not flight. Carter Hart. Oh, you're talking about. Um, yes, I know. Who yeah, you're talking Carter about. Hart's the goalie for the Flyers. I'm sorry, yeah. guys. Um, the the guy who was drafted this year. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. Yeah. yeah well, I'll look it up as we about. go. But the thing is, is that that is rare, and you need to if you want if you want him to be part of this, if you want the best version of Mark Andre Fleur, whatever he has left in the tank, and you want it to be perfectly placed, everything going according to plan, he has to play less. Yeah. He has to. And people got to start trusting Malcolm. Like yes. There's there. It seems to me that there are like two different like teams of the Vegas fan base. There's the team that likes Malcolm Subban and the team that doesn't like Malcolm Subban at all. And mm-hmm. the team that doesn't like Malcolm Subban is very loud about it, and they can't stand him. Yeah, they want Dansk. They want. They even want Ferguson over him. Which like you know say what you will about Dylan Ferguson. He's not an NHL ready. No, he's not. Spencer Knight, sorry. Yeah, that Spencer, Spencer Knight, Knight was go. the goalie yeah. that was drafted by Florida this year. I apologize to everyone as we were having a full-on conversation <laughs> like, with the wrong whoa. name. You're like, whoa, we're not Florida. trading Carter Hart to Florida. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, right. like, I just, I think Subban needs to play a lot more games this year. And straight up, a couple defensemen, I believe it was Nate Schmidt, came out after one of the games last season. I think it was the um, game not too far or close to Thanksgiving where – Subban gave up like seven goals against the Flames or something like that. Yeah. It was, I believe it was seven to two. And after the game, Schmidt came out and he was like, dude, we left him out to dry all night long. Yep. None of this is his fault. And yep. he admitted that they had done that to him multiple times throughout the season. Like mm-hmm. he is in, there have been so many games where Malcolm Subban stood on his head last season mm-hmm. and he just didn't get the win. Yep. One of those games that immediately comes to, to my, uh, to the top of my mind. Um, against the uh, Blue Jackets. I want to say it was in Columbus. Malcolm Subban was unreal. Mm-hmm. But Sergei Bobrovsky was just more unreal. He was doing Bob things. Yeah. That's they, what he does. And then they won like one to nothing or yeah. something like that. Yep. It was, it's just, I feel like Subban had a lot of bad luck last year. Mm-hmm. And Limited now there's this narrative size. that he's actually not good. And it's yeah. like, no, he's, no. I feel like he's more than capable of being a good backup goalie. Absolutely. So, it's opening night. I don't want to – we're not going to do cup predictions. We're not going to do – pre because preseason – we're all just here. We're L- all listen, getting to know each other. We all know that the Arizona Coyotes are winning the cup. So there's no reason Obviously. to talk about Obviously. Yeah, there's no reason so to – So let's just do like, this. Night one, game one, against the Sharks here. What's the score? What's the story? <laughs> Six to nine. 
I like that answer. <laughs> the, the correct response is, oh, nice. That's a good <laughs> Nice, a nice. nice. Story, yeah. No, I like that. Um, no, you know what? I'm going to take uh, five to two. In favor of? Vegas. Uh-huh. And the reason why, number one, it's going to be in Vegas. So yep. it's going to be insane. You're saying it's going to be pumped up in there? Because I don't know how much lo- louder it could get in you that You really arena. don't understand. I don't understand, really and I'm so excited understand. to like, learn. I am so excited. You have no idea. My first ever playoff game was just back in April against the Sharks at home in T-Mobile Arena. And I and was there outside, and we didn't even know. We were orbiting. We had we, no idea. Exactly. No clue. The that universe, we'd be doing man. The same show, right? The universe, man. And so I have never been a part of something like that before in my entire life. Like, watching it, it was, I mean. I'm the, so excited. The game really was lopsided. The Knights won that game pretty handily, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a, the first or second home game that they had. It was like a 5-2, 6-2, yeah. something like that, I believe. And, like. I just remember it, it was the game where Reeves and Kane fought, and yeah. everyone was waiting for it. We That's, all knew it was going to happen. Twas a watermark moment, yeah. that one. And then yep. it actually happened. The entire arena loses their mind. Like, I, I swear to God, Lindsay, you have no idea what's going to happen on October 2nd. You really you can't prepare. I, I, I don't. I am so excited to find out. I'm excited that you're along with for yeah. the ride. These preseason games, they I know. are nothing That's compared to That's what I mean. I'm see. like, if I'm getting this these good of feelings yeah. about preseason, I not only did not did I make the hundred percent correct decision moving here, yeah. but then there really is something special and yeah. something in the water here. And that's what I believe and that's why I'm excited. I'm excited that you've dis- that we're you're going to be part of it here on the nightcap. Oh yeah, I appreciate you coming in. And uh, again, where can we find all of your great content, and and how can we find you specifically so we can find that great content? Yes, all right. Find me on Twitter at rp underscore quigs. If you like gifts, boy, do I uh, I got you covered, buddy. I um, love that's, gifts. That's kind of my uh, my forte. It's, you are quick. You are I'm, a quick draw. I'm the gift guy. Yeah, the you're nice the gift media, guy. So um, go ahead, give me a follow on Twitter. Uh, if you don't do that. Go ahead and give Knights on Ice a follow because, buddy, we just uh, we're putting out some fun stuff there. We just finished up our first ever top twenty-five under twenty-five list. Uh, don't want to spoil it, but uh, perhaps you might be surprised at who was number one. I don't know. It's all right. It seems there might have been a little bit of uh, you know, people were a little shocked. Yeah, but, I, I like yeah. it. I like it a lot. Thank so. you again, Ryan. I appreciate it. As always, you can find all of our great Vegas Golden Knight NHL and hockey-related content on the CBSRadio.com. Search CBS Sports Radio 1140 here in Las Vegas, Radio.com app. And if you're looking for a fun follow that doesn't have nearly as many gifts, but maybe some better-placed ones, search me at at LindsayBrown35 on there, at LindsayBrown35 on Instagram. And uh, we appreciate you sticking around. That was the first episode of the Nightcap. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. The Nightcap Podcast with Lindsey Brown is produced from the Las Vegas-based studios of CBS Sports Radio 1140, a Radio.com sports station.